Hi everyone, this is Marsha, and I'm the director and founder of the Brooklyn Caribbean Literary Festival. I'm thrilled and elated to announce the birth and launch of our brand new podcast, CocoPod. Consider the aromatic CocoPod and how, after carefully ripening under the Caribbean sun, it generously offers up its rich fruit in due season. CocoPod by BCLF aims to provide a similar delight. Each episode is a seed, a nugget of an original Caribbean story told in the voice of its writer. Each story, an infinite gift by the offshoot of an ancient griot tradition. As a whole, Caribbean stories are like a mighty tree whose branches extend, offering shade and comfort wherever her children settle. From my team and the legion of Caribbean writers behind us, we bring to you the warmest of welcomes. Hello, my name is Portia Subran, and I'm from Chaguanas in Trinidad and Tobago. I'm a finalist for the BCLF Elizabeth Nunez Award for Writers in the Caribbean 2022. My story is called Please Take One, and I wrote it thinking about how much my hometown Shagonas had changed over the years. It was greatly inspired by the childhood memories of my father, which really contrasted with the Shagonas I know today. Please Take One to the tiny twin islands of Trinidad and Tobago comes the biggest supermarket in the Caribbean. Lloyd looked at the word tiny for a long time, a word used to describe his entire world. During his 70 years on Earth, he had neither crossed oceans nor skies to break boundaries into other soil. He'd never felt anything about this before but felt a sting after reading the advertisement in the newspapers, printed in leaf green with bold white font. He can remember a time, before this land was the home of the Caribbean's biggest supermarket. It was just acres and acres of coconut owned by the Divertile family. This was before the highway cut Shagonas into the east and the west. No grueling traffic to cross from one side to the other. He could walk freely through the trees, coconut, mango, and citrus. Now, in his mind, the highway split Shagonas into the old and new, the west and east respectively. To the west, the lion house, once a palace amongst barracks where children amassed with cup palms to receive parasad with sliced almonds and diced maraschino cherries from the couple deals, was now a haven for collapsed drunks, kicked out of Club Mumbai. The Woodford Lodge grounds was no longer the center of the community, no more cricket matches, no more May festivals where men fought each other on their ascent to the greasy pool. The abandoned sugar factory had been decapitated of its galvanized and stripped clean leaving nothing but a decimated and rusted steel skeleton. And so ended the heyday of Ulshagonas. On the other side of the highway, the large estates had disappeared to the east. Coconut, mango and sugarcane flattened, followed by the elevation of residential areas 
with large mansions he had only seen in Federation Park. Rodney Road spat out restaurant after restaurant, desperate to become a hastened replica of the avenue in town. Bars popped up one by one, not a grandfather's rum shop in Old Shogunas. There were no concrete benches and tables outside, but women perched on bar stools, wide mouths lapping at margaritas, men in ties with after-work banter. As new Shogunas pushed grand neighborhoods and giant supermarkets out of the bones of rotting fruit and burnt sugar, Old Shagonas was slowly buried underground. On Monday morning, Lloyd left his room in Old Shagonas and started walking east, crossing the highway via the overpass. He walked slowly as the car zoomed next to him, the exhaust choking him, the strong gusts they left behind threatening to blow him over the railing and into the highway below. Peering up at the giant sign, Money Club. The supermarket reminded Lloyd of the abandoned sugarcane factory, but here the steel bones were painted green. As soon as the automatic doors pulled open, Lloyd recoiled in terror, but quickly regained his stance. A heavy, cool blast of air pushed him down the wide aisles. Money Club was meant to be a members-only supermarket. It was the first Lloyd had ever heard of such a thing. But for its opening month, they allowed free entry to the public. Lloyd was in awe of the sheer number of items on display. There could not really be so many things people needed. Everything he had desired could be found in the parlor just a stone throws away from his room on Tate Street. He stopped and stared at everything, passing his hands over the plastic gallon containers of bleach and smooth flasks of hand lotion and hand sanitizer. He was astonished by the diversity and quantity. They weren't selling one dishwashing liquid. You had to purchase five at a time. An entire case of Bush's baked beans, four giant boxes of Kellogg's cornflakes, there were tubs of Jif's peanut butter, gallons of Mott's apple juice, giant bottles of Prego pasta sauce, hugged tied together in twos, little green crates of strawberries, kiwis, blueberries, blackberries, hairy gooseberries, priced astronomically. Even the rotisserie chicken, you had to buy whole and oven red. He walked between mountains of shaman toilet paper and Purina dog chow, soaring up as high as the coconut trees that used to grow there. At the end of the aisle, there was a young woman at a small table covered in white and green tablecloth, no older than her mid-twenties. She stood behind the table, wore a white apron, a hairnet, and in a gloved hand held a square biscuit and a pair of tongs. There was a tower of napkins stacked slightly lopsided on the table next to a pile of the biscuits. A green and black box described them as imported shortcake cookies 
from Ireland. To the front of the table was a green paper sign, laminated to make it last. In bold white letters, the sign said, Please take one. Lloyd noticed that no one was taking any. The young woman was handing them out to passers-by. Some of them were unsure what to do. Slowly, suspiciously, they began to walk towards her when called, and with smiling faces ate the biscuit. Lloyd found it suspect too at first, but seeing their satisfied faces, he slowed his walk as he approached her, waiting for her call. But her eyes never met his. He lingered in earshot, giving a tall glass bottle of olive oil his indiscriminate attention. He took the bottle off the shelf and read the ingredients aloud, in a volume just enough to ensure that the young woman would recall that he was still there. But there was no acknowledgement, verbal or otherwise. Lloyd wondered, if he smelled, perhaps all Shogunas carried a kind of dirty musk, or was it the yellowing buttons of his jacket, the rotting wear of his aged leather slippers? She called out to the other shoppers, Would you like to have a sample? Lloyd returned the olive oil to its right place back on the shelf. As at $150 for 300 mLs, it was destined to find a new home with another shopper. He paced through each aisle, no longer looking at the items, instead scanning each white laminated place card stuck onto the metal shelves. He eventually stopped walking at $19.95, lifted a pack of copy paper off the shelf and proceeded to the cashier. They didn't use bags in the money club. Customers could use a cardboard box, which Lloyd thought was a jest at first. Lloyd walked over the flyover with the ream of copying paper tucked under his arm. Struggling to keep it from slipping down his arm and into the road, he grasped it with his other hand too. His leather slippers dragged over the concrete pavement, no free hand to shield his face he kept his eyes squinted to stop the highway risen from blinding him. Thank you for listening to the excerpt of my short story. I hope you take the time to read the rest of it on the BCLF website and find out what Lloyd does next. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please take a moment to follow CocoPod and turn on your notifications so that you don't miss new stories when they drop. One last thing. Caribbean stories and Caribbean writers need our help. Show your support by sharing and downloading this podcast as far and as widely as you can. Buy their books, support independent bookshops, and request Caribbean titles from your local libraries. Remember, that a rising tide lifts all ships. Give thanks. For more Caribbean storytelling goodness, follow Coco Pod and BCLF Always Lit on all major podcast platforms. <laughs>